Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the box? <laughs> that was a really good impression. Was it? <laughs> Spontaneous. <laughs> we just lost half our audience who hates ASMR. Oh, by the way, we're starting an ASMR channel, guys. Yeah. No, no we're not. No, we're not. But no, it actually has to do because, you know, that sort of stuff happens a lot in the game that we're going to be oh, talking about today. It, a lot of whispers. A lot yeah. of whispers. Um, we, uh, first of all, <laughs> oh, we realized. Oh, oh shit. We're dumb. <laughs> that this what this is our 30th episode and we, a little in a little over a year a we've been a doing year. this a year and we realized we only introduced ourselves like the first episode <laughs> so if any of y'all have like only started listening on the second episode and you're like when are these bitches gonna <laughs> Say never, who they are. Never. Just, <laughs> just bitch one, bitch two. That's no, it. Bitch one, bitch. Oh, God. That's it. That's what we're called. Yes. Anyway, uh, so we figured that might be a good thing to do. Yes. Because somebody might not start with the first episode and know who we are. Um, I'm Danny. I'm and, Joanna. Yeah. And we're horror writers and horror enthusiasts and... Yeah. So yeah, this is our casual podcast. So super casual, a little too casual. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, but we're just, we're just, we've just assumed for this year and one month that all us are listening to this. That's really what it is. We already know y'all. And so, you know, we're not so much of an intrusion into your homes <laughs> with our voices when we're going listen to us yeah no. indeed so all right yeah so now you know who we are um <laughs> i apologize <laughs> I, I didn't realize either until i was editing the last episode like have we been doing that the whole time the whole time the whole time yeah anyway so episode 30 new leash on life that we've got here so and and we'll start introducing ourselves but anyway today we are going to be talking about the medium uh the 2021 video game it came out january 28th so it's only been out a few months um by bloober team who also did layers of fear which is a favorite of both joanna and i yes i remember joanna playing it last year and screaming a lot on twitch Oh, yes. <laughs> just because I like horror games doesn't mean they don't scare the shit out of me. <laughs> I don't want to do this, guys. I don't like this anymore. That's my impression like of Joy. <laughs> oh, God. Remember when I was playing Alien Isolation? You hated and my, that and, game. And, and no, and my boyfriend at the time just randomly comes in behind me at oh the exact God. moment on stream when like the screechy violins are like, and then his face just pops up out of the darkness behind me oh my god i wish i still had that saved it was oh my perfect god. yes um so we're doing a horror game by that by that company uh they did layers of fear and layers of fear too great games 
Um, and observer and observer yes i didn't play that one so um did you oh yeah awesome awesome it was very good awesome um you can find uh the medium on steam epic gog and xbox Yes, they actually had to wait. I found out they had to wait for technology to kind of catch up to what uh, yeah. they wanted to do with the with the game. So That's... it was kind of like, you know, on hold, like when we can, we're going to make this game. Yeah, so, ab- absolutely. That um, it goes actually all nine, about nine, eight years ago. Uh, they originally wanted to make this game for the Xbox 360. Um but technology at the time didn't support the um, split screen um, Uh where those of you who have seen gameplay or have played this game will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, It it just, the the tech back then, as Danny said, just couldn't support it. Um, And now that our tech can support it, like (laughs) no, hardly any games are split, split screen anymore. No. couch co-op everything's you know multiplayer online get off my lawn (laughs) (laughs) back in my day we had halo and we liked it (laughs) back in my day we had to put doom over the phone line And <laughs> when your mom picked up the phone, Unreal the connection broke. Unreal tournament. Unreal <laughs> tournament. Yeah, yeah. We used to play a Golden Eye too. That was a. Oh was my a god, Golden I Eye. miss Golden Eye. Wow, I'm old. Man, I'm old. Okay. All right. Now that we established that I'm ancient and about to crumble into, we're dust. ancient. Well, you're more ancient. I am. <laughs> I'm way more. Yeah, you're, I'm, I'm at least ten years older than you. I think something like that. Something like that. Anyway. But anyway. Anyway. So I mean, if so, if Joanna you're a very old, modern old I'm definitely woman. Definitely old. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm older than that old um anyway so yeah we're talking about the medium and talking about this game and the basic summary of it is that um it takes place in 1999 uh poland um bill clinton is president at the time in america and, and uh you actually read an article that mentions bill clinton in it at a certain point in <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and they wanted to do that um yeah, we can talk about why they wanted to do it. The basic summary is that that's where it takes place. It takes place in 1999, Poland. Um, and Marianne, who is the main character, she's a medium. And she's been a medium her whole life, been able to communicate with the spirit world. And she starts investigating uh, this place, the Niwa uh, Hotel Resort. And uh, things go from there. That's it. She discovers all sorts of secrets. Um, that's a basic summary. Uh, so now we're ready to get into it and talk There's about a this. Lot of spooky. Spoopy. It's very spooky. spooky. I was surprised. A lot of it was very, very, very effective. I yes. A lot of it was very effective. Um, and it has one of my favorite voice actors in it, Troy Baker. Yes. Troy Baker, um, if y'all aren't familiar with him, um, you know him as Joe Miller 
in The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2. Uh, he did voices for Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite. Oh, goodness. Uh, Pagan Min in Far Cry 4. He's also in Tales of the Borderlands. Uh, he was Higgs Hannigan in Death Stranding. Yeah. Dude's legendary. Yeah, he's really good. And he did a really good job because some of that voice work he was doing was really, 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 uh, mm-hmm. really creepy. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, okay, so this this game, um, you know, I mean, there were relationships in here, obviously, um, but not too many. I mean, Marianne is really, you know, one of the few living, you know, people that, that you actually get. So you really kind of get a lot of stuff on the side. Um, you know, so I think what I wanted to talk about first, I mean, but that doesn't mean there aren't relationships here. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's more on a like metaphysical, like on a more like of a metaphorical level in this game, mm-hmm. rather than rather than relationship. I mean, obviously there are some solid relationships here that you can talk about. Um, but I think the main thing is, and the main thing that it started me thinking about was particularly because of the the game mechanics and all of that stuff is is our relationship to the past and things of the past and our relationship to um at least for most of the game until the big ending or whatever um yeah i then gotta change it on its head but for most of the game um, yeah. you know you're thinking about the impressions we leave on people and the impressions yeah. we leave on things and our relationships with other people and how they can you know leave echoes and 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 stuff like that and still creates impressions because that's kind of what Marianne deals with in order to put the clues together you know yeah. she uses her her abilities to kind of touch things and get pieces of conversation and get pieces of um you know things that happened and stuff like that and you know, she talks about the relationship between those things and what leaves an impression. Um, the first one was really interesting. Um, when you are, and, and, and it kind of did an interesting thing where the first time you find a spirit well, mm-hmm. um, it kind of talks about, um, you know, she mentions, you know, things people leave behind. I wonder what this was for whether it was, you know, a soldier with his name of the beloved on his lips Mm -hmm. or somebody who was just ready to leave this world and kind of thinking about that throughout the whole game as to, you know, what would leave an impression and what wouldn't leave an impression on things, you know, and, and our relationship to our past and emotional imprints, you know, I mean, do you, are you particularly attached to items, objects, things? Oh, absolutely. And if I may just say, damn, you went way deeper than I had when I played this game. And now (laughs) my mind is just like, wow, so many different fucking layers. Oh, my God. Ah, um, But yeah, I have a lot of physical objects that I'm attached to, particularly um, things that were my ancestors. Um, so I have an old, um, first production run Remington 12 typewriter from 1921. I think that was what? the that. Yeah. You have an old typewriter from, yeah, that I did not buy on eBay for way too much money. <laughs> no. Um, this typewriter was, um, my great aunts, um, when her and my grandmother 
um, left New Jersey for San Diego after World War II, um, I guess the, um, the embroidery mill, they dealt with fabric and like, um, so scallops onto lace collars and things like that. Um, I guess they let my great aunt take, um, the typewriter with her. Cause maybe they were getting rid of it or something. Cause at that time, like that tech had advanced quite like a lot. Um, so she took it and then, um, it, ended up in my grandmother's possession. So her sister gave it to her. And then when my grandmother passed, my aunt told me that she had this little typewriter and I'm like, yeah, of course I want it. (laughs) So I have that. Um, I have a silver tea set, um, that I believe is, uh, from the thirties. 2030s, early 20th. Um, that's it's very heavy, ornate, and it's got the teapot and the coffee pot and um, little other little ladles for uh, milk and sugar. Um, there's even a, a butter tray, uh, oh. but I don't have any china for it. So, but it needs it needs a good cleaning. Um, what else? Objects. Um, a bunch of records. My dad left me when when he passed. Um, I have a little locket with a little bit of his uh, ashes in it. So yeah, lots and lots of objects. I'm yeah, very a- you know, attached to. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I mean, for me in particular, I'm not big on a lot of you know keeping a lot of things. I do have stuff. You know, obviously that that has um, you know my wedding ring um, mm-hmm. when I got married. Um, my, you know, we, we, my husband and I just sort of came to an agreement. It wasn't like in a proposal where he bought a ring or anything. But, um, (laughs) when I got married, my mom was like, oh, you don't have a ring then. And I was like, no. And she was like, well, I have this one that was your great grandmother's. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah. And so she sent me this diamond ring that was my great grandmother's passed to my grandmother, passed to my mother, and then came to me. But then I was like, you know, and then I, my aunt had my other grandmother's jewelry after she passed. So I asked my aunt if she had a ring mm-hmm. and she did. She had a diamond and ruby ring that mm-hmm. was my grandmother's. So I took those two rings. I took them to a jeweler. And uh-huh. so my wedding ring is a is a ring that's been made out of the stones from these two rings from both sides of my family. Oh, Danny, that is so sweet. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's like fucking Kate Winslet, heart of the ocean status. Like (laughs) that important of a jewel. Oh, yeah. My husband loves that story. He makes me tell it all the time. But (laughs) um, yeah. Um, and I didn't think I was ever going to have diamonds. It just wasn't a thing, but you know, that's how it ended up and yeah. that's the way it should be. And I love my, my rings. So, um, yeah, I don't wear it cause I worked at a restaurant and I didn't want it to go down the garbage disposal. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. So I kind of stopped wearing my wedding ring just for that. I still have it obviously, <laughs> but I don't wear it because I'm like, uh, yeah, I worked at a restaurant, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I have a, um, a ring from my grandmother that her husband gave her my, my grandpa and my mom has my grandmother's wedding ring. Um, but this ring, I think my grandpa gave her like after they had been married for some, some odd years. 
And if I remember correctly, it was an I'm sorry present. Oh, no. <laughs> my grandpa was crazy about my grandmother, but very strong Italian, like East Coast family, right? But anyways, it's it's this gorgeous, like towering set multiple diamonds and like this 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 fucker's he must heavy. have done something really bad <laughs> oh, right <laughs> i don't know but yeah it's just uh, it's fucking huge and i've only ever worn it out one time and that was to the magic castle in los angeles <laughs> And that was uh, my first time there ever. Okay. That was when. Yeah, because that's like black uh, tie or something, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's a very formal place. And the entire time I'm just like, like trying to rub my hands together to make my fingers haunt. So it swelled. So they would swell up. So the ring ring would fit just a little bit better because I was really paranoid. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and, you know, getting back to the, this whole conversation was just basically like, you know, we do, especially as people, you know, their things have impressions and, and, you know, the, the whole idea is something that has been used a lot in, in horror movies and horror games and horror media and horror books. Um, the idea that objects, places, and stuff hold memory you know they, yeah. they hold memory you know um yeah i mean evil places like the overlook hotel or the amityville house or you yeah. know uh you know anything you know it, it's been done so many times or, yeah. or cursed objects or like annabelle you know like, yeah i was know. just gonna say is it still a cursed object if it has a good spirit that's possessing it Maybe a, a blessed object. Oh, bless. Oh, I like that. Okay. You know, brings you luck. You know, you wear you mm. wear your grandma's necklace or something, and yeah, brings you luck or whatever. And then the doll strangles you with your grandma's pearls. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. All right, but That's yeah. What <laughs> yeah, no, you are 100% correct. And I mean, anybody who's maybe more a little attuned to energies around them, um, if you've ever gone into an antique shop, there's mm -hmm. all kinds of feelings in there. Yeah. Some much stronger how, than yeah. others. Yeah. And I don't know <laughs> how our listeners feel about that sort of thing, but, you know, I'm pagan, I'm Wiccan. So I definitely believe that things, people, stuff has energy you know mm -hmm. i definitely do believe that that we kind of leave it behind you know um and so yeah you know you can go into a place and you can be like a lot of stuff happened yeah. here you know like you know it, you feel the 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 port you know the the old of the place you know i went when i was in honduras we went to some ruins that were there mm -hmm. and stuff and you know those were i mean you know you sit there and think like thousands of years you know somebody was walking through these things and you know these yeah. hallways and stuff and yeah so yeah you yeah. know it's just it's just you know so i definitely believe you know i don't know if anybody else can i mean a lot of people i know who don't believe in that sort of thing you know they say well the magic in those things is that you know you know you remember you know it, mm -hmm. it's like a reminder so you remember and everything like that and even then they have value you know yeah. 
Um, even if you don't believe they have specific energy and their purpose is to just remind you of certain things and remind you of somebody, yeah. um, whatever, you know, I mean, that's still a, a powerful thing. And they definitely use that in this game. This was a lot of, of what was happening um, here, especially the moments where you would see her interacting um, with sadness mm, and yeah. stuff um, like they really used, um, like uh, Joanna was talking about the split screen. And it was really cool because you would be able to see, uh, you know, her in the real world doing stuff, like basically interacting with nothing, whereas you'd see what she's actually in, mm. uh, interacting with in the spirit world at the same time. And fairly early on when she meets sadness, it's like, there's the ball and she has it and she's giving it and you see it floating in the real world but then sadness is like holding it in the spirit world you know yeah. like just the idea of these things you know and these two worlds interacting of spirit and reality um was very interesting and i thought they did it like very very well here it looked good too the game looked good i'm gonna say that too it was yeah. very pretty um yeah it's also it ray tracing enabled for all you computer nerds out there so if you i don't know what (laughs) special like real more realistic looking like lighting effects is like a very layman's way of saying it um yeah uh but yeah not cool yeah cool yeah and and you know and i i just you know I just kind of it just kind of um you know and then the story yeah. of what was happening and stuff like that um you know was not a great story as you would expect in a horror movie mm-hmm. you know um and like i said there are definitely some solid relationships here um you know because i mean i'm just going to assume that anybody who's watching this has has played the game but um, you find out that, in fact, you know, you know that that Marianne is an orphan from the beginning mm-hmm. um, and that she was adopted. And if you look around her room and stuff in the beginning, you see that she has like a thing of a hospital thing. And so she has burns over 35 percent of her body and stuff like that when she was admitted and whatnot. And everything and then you find out later that she is actually you know when she gets to Niwa she starts interacting with these spirits Mm -hmm. and she finds out that this is where her father was her father was a medium too she pieces that together and everything and you know (laughs) the good old experimentation by the Nazis kind of thing yeah Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, which kind of, again, you mentioned that the location of where it was set in was pretty significant. And that is why. Yeah, that's a good time to come back to it. Because it was a time period, um, they felt like the duality of Poland going from communist to non-communist was a good outward representation of the duality of the world they were dealing with as well. So they thought it was a good time period to put mm-hmm. it in um, because you had all these um, these work resorts like Niwa in the game that were abandoned. Um, you know, yeah. um, I mean, if you go looking, you can still find people go and photograph them in a lot of these places in Europe that were like this, you know, 
that were resorts and stuff like that and that were you know companies built and stuff for people to go vacation on and everything yeah. and now they're abandoned and super super creepy and um and so they're there and it's a representation of what used to be um so i find it very interesting that they kind of chose that very specifically as a representation mm-hmm. of kind of the duality of the world that was past the communist past of poland versus the democratic government that they had now and exploring in some way their own relationship with that history Mm. yeah yeah it's true because if i remember correctly this is a uh, poland-based team yeah it is yeah it is yes so obviously you know we're talking about you know physical objects physical locations Mm-hmm. you know and when they have that sort of historical significance and personal sig- significance you know it's this it, it literally is a haunting reminder of what was yeah. once there but what remains present like ghosts yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and, and covering up, you know, I mean, this whole massacre thing was yeah. pretty much covered up because when you, you know, the Niwa massacre, like when she first gets there, she says, you know, oh, you know, this, this place was booming and then it just stopped. And there are rumors of the Niwa massacre, you know, um, you know, no one knew what happened. You know, people just start talking about it and there were rumors, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like covering up that past, mm-hmm. you know, but you can't quite get rid of it. It still leaves the impression. Yeah. And that's kind of what you get from the game is, yeah, you know, you can try to, you know, leave it abandoned, leave it in the past, but it's still there, which, you know, you even can go to the microcosm level, you know, you as a person can sit mm-hmm. there because they even went to the microcosm level on the game, like her trying to, like her trying to you know she had an adoptive father she was yeah um etc etc but her past was still not erased Mm -hmm. and the past of this place was still not erased and we can take that as lessons for us as well you know i mean how many things in your life would you kind of want to sit there and be like yeah i don't want to think about the time i did that yeah i don't want to think about that particular period of my life but the thing is, is you can't, it's still there because it still affects you. It still leaves its impression on you, much mm-hmm. like the spiritual world and objects and stuff. Your past leaves an impression on you. That's why people say, you know, you are the accumulation of the things that happen to mm-hmm. you, even the bad things that happen to you. You know, and though you don't wish them to happen to you, you would not be the same person, whether you would have been better off or worse or whatever. I mean, that's up for debate, but, but it, the truth is you wouldn't be the same person. You can Absolutely. argue about what type of person you would be or wouldn't be or if you'd be better off but you mm-hmm. but you wouldn't be the same person that's yeah true. like like you know even even something like you know when I applied to colleges I applied to two and I got accepted to both yeah that choice has made an impression on me the rest of my life yeah you know and, and it's just where I went to college you know and that's not good or bad or whatever it's just 
that's the trajectory my life had took, what trajectory would have taken if I had gone to the other college I was looking at. Yeah. Right. You know, even stuff like that, I would not be the same person because I would not have met the same people. I would have not, you know, done the same things. I would not have been in the same place. Right. You know, and that's kind of what this game, you know, also made me think about not just the impressions we leave, but that Mm -hmm. they're always there, you know, not only what sorts of impressions you leave, but that they're always there. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's very much indicative if if you look at um the relationship that Thomas, the the dad of Lily and Marianne, I don't think we've talked about that yet, but um I mentioned that it was her Oh, dad. okay. Yeah, I, I mean he's he, I mean he the KGB found out, you know, about his ability and they kidnapped him and then they used him and everything else, you know, um, that leaves effects on his children, you know? Um, and then Lily was assaulted when she was younger from her father's, you know, best friend at the time. Um, so the, uh, the Ma, you know, her, that manifestation, that physical manifestation of her grief, because she was also a medium, like, like her dad, you know, that was her trauma being put out into the world. And if you kind of think about it, it's, it's a metaphor, um, for how trauma moves in real life. You know, if you just, if you just look at like recent events as an example, um, you know, police forces in specific cities or na- neighborhoods, things, things like that. You know, when you have something at, you know, the core, you know, that is like the puppet master, the ones that pulls, pulls the strings, you know, if they use their power for evil, that trauma spreads, you know, it just doesn't affect one person and that's it. No, it affects their family members. It affects their communities. It affects communities in other locations. Yeah, exactly. How many times, I mean, I know I have, I mean, and it's not proud moments, but I know I have that because of trauma I have, have lashed out at someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. You know, they weren't a part of it. They weren't anything, but that you know, it just manifests and it ha- and it goes out, you know? Yeah. And, and, it, and it perpetuates, you know? Absolutely. And, and part of healing from trauma is, is not, is, is dealing with it and healing with it enough to not do that. Yeah. And I think also too, that's why the ending is so ambiguous. Like I did read. Oh God, you know, I don't get me to start on that. <laughs> I think I poked the bear. Um, but yeah, I read, you know, I, you know, read a bunch of articles too about what people said at the time about this like open ending, right? I think you have stronger words for it. But like, if we frame it in the context of what we were just talking about, like when you're dealing with trauma passing through communities, you know, from generation to generation, you know, does it matter what happened? Because the actual cause of it isn't being taken care of. Yeah. Does it? Will it go? Yeah. I mean, okay. So here's my thing. 
Um, for, for those who don't know what we're talking about now, you know, you probably figured it out if you played the game where yeah. at the end you find out that all of this stuff you've been doing is not actually the past. <laughs> it's the future. And Liliana, this spirit, is actually very much alive. And so the choice Marianne is left with is, you know, L- Lillian, Lillian asks her, to kill her because if she doesn't then the mom will be able to get out and Mm -hmm. do more damage and and all of that stuff you know and it's just such a metaphor for people's pain Mm -hmm. you know i mean i'm gonna bring up suicide but you know if people just want it to end and they don't feel like there's any way for it and that it has to stop. There's nowhere else for it to go or it will go yeah. somewhere else if they don't stop it with them, you yeah. know, maybe sometimes, you know, that there's just no other way to stop the pain. Yeah. That there's just no other way and that they have to make it stop. And that's where Liliana was and asking Marianne to do that yeah. for her. And Marianne said, no, but if I do it, then no one will be able, then the mom will be trapped as well. And then the mom comes and there's a shot, but you don't know yeah. if she shot herself, if she shot, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, you don't know. And that's the open ending they leave, you know? Yeah. And, and but I'm, you do I, know the spirit of the dad, Thomas, is there. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, what is that? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I'm more of a team concrete person. I like to know because <laughs> mostly because then I can interpret what the entire message was. Mm-hmm. And so if you think, or if you think about what you would do, or if you think about what you think Marianne would do, and you come to a conclusion that doesn't say necessarily anything about the game itself, it says something about how you feel yeah, about what you would do and what would be worth it to stop the pain, right? Yeah. To stop this, this pain, this anger, grief, uh, shame, you know, um, let's not forget the shame that comes with these sorts of things as well. Being shamed because of yeah. something that happened to you, like she was because she got to molested. Yeah. You know, there's shame and we shame people for that sorts of things and that you hold on to that as well as guilt and anger and grief and all mm-hmm. of these things, you know, we don't provide people in this society places for those things to go. And they just use the metaphor of someone being a medium and being able to manifest these things in a spiritual manner as a metaphor for that sort of thing. Yeah. But it happens in real life. As we were just saying, it happens, you know? Yeah. I, I bet nobody listening expected us. To start talking <laughs> this I mean, I, I, I wasn't expecting this. But Danny apparently had it planned all along and just didn't tell me. <laughs> no, I did not. It's just what the game made me think about. You know? No, and you were like totally right. And I will never be able to think of it of any other way. Um, and also a small part because, you know, when she was like helping or uh, when Marianne was at the morgue and dealing, you know, with her, I guess, adopted father, but was her foster dad. And when she was dealing with his death, like it was, it was obviously clear that it like hit her hard. And I, I just kind of got teary eyed for a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah. I remember doing that when my dad passed. Yeah. 
Yeah. That fucking sucked. I get yeah. you, Marianne. Like, and, and it was, <laughs> and, and I will just give a nod to the people who made the game yeah. too, because they were showing you the mechanics of the game, but at the same time, giving you this really emotional moment to show you what you could expect. Yeah. Like the first time you realize she can split like that and that's what you're going to be dealing with in the game is when she sees her spirit of her adopted father. Yeah. And that was like so painful. Like, and you're like, this is how you're teaching me that this happens? Like, (laughs) holy crap. Yeah, and I'm like, why is he missing a part of his head? Why? And then I'm like, oh, okay, this is just what they'll look like here, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. it, it was like really shocking because then it made made me think like, oh my God, what how did he die? <laughs> yeah, you know. And this is horrible, but that's not how he died. So I'm like, okay. So that makes me feel yeah, like yeah, it was kind of just showing you like yeah. it, it was a really good way, that little prologue before in the apartment, showing you the photo thing and you know, and the phones and all the stuff you'd end up getting to use later. Yeah. Um, wrapped in the story of her saying goodbye to adopt it. I thought it was a really good emotional way to do it, to show us how the game yeah. worked, but also at the same time, giving us a lot of, of impact on that emotional story. Yeah. I mean, right off the bat, I'm like, holy crap. Okay. Like, what the fuck? So now I got to dress my adopted, you know, and like, okay, you know, it's, and they actually, you know, do yeah. a cut scene of it, of you, you know, dressing him and, and, you know, pulling him out of the thing. And it's just, yeah you know oh by the way because he owned a mortuary and you worked there so that's why you're like in their little morgue area pulling his body out of a freezer yeah 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 you're not not, like breaking into the coroner's office or anything so that's that's a whole different game (laughs) yeah um yeah that's a whole different he had a mortuary and she said he was one of the few you know he accepted her gifts yeah and everything and he you know, which is so funny. Like, hmm? oh, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say it's so funny too because I'm pretty sure that was a Catholic mortuary, and he's like totally chill with her being able to talk okay, to the ghost. Catholic mysticism, like, okay, yeah. Catholics are superstitious as shit when it comes to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? You know, Catholics, you know, when you start getting into the stuff that Catholics believe, it's like, of course, you know, like yeah. why why would talking to spirits and stuff like that be I mean, no, no, no. no. I mean, they have exorcisms for Pete's sake. They believe know, in possession, right? you know. I mean But you have on. you have to get permission to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, but still they believe in it, you know. So yeah. they believe you can be possessed. So, oh. you know, why wouldn't they except something like that who is extremely yeah they do mention that he was religious you know he was a religious man but like i said that even makes it more likely if he was into that you know because if you believe that stuff of course you're going to believe that spirits and stuff like that you know he probably believed it was a gift from from god or whatever you know and then um i just thought because um of the geographical location of these des- uh, of these developers um maybe even what i interpret as as catholic isn't actually catholic just because of where they're physically 
located in the world. Yeah, <laughs> might be. So just want to acknowledge that. So, but it, it well, even with yeah. a lot of religions, you get some mysticism. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, I didn't find that hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> even if he, even if he wasn't Catholic, mm. being Catholic and knowing how Catholics can be, it wouldn't be a stretch that you know other religions would have that same sort of thing as well. You know, believing in spirits and yeah. stuff like that. You know, and it's not you know talking about that moment. You know, we've been talking about you know grief and and you know being you know it's almost like you know here's the thing she said she had that dream her this is i'm just coming to this now so Mm -hmm. forgive me while i leave this theory out of nothing um she said she had that dream her whole life in the beginning yeah the girl running in the woods she said they had she had that dream her whole life but it isn't until her father died that he was able to contact her. Perhaps being unmoored like that and losing her adopted father mm-hmm. left her even more kind of, like I said, like unmoored, like untethered, unstable. Yeah. And so Thomas was able to finally reach to her, get to her. Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about that one? That, that could, that, that, yeah, I was still, Pettis was, yeah, I was still trying to piece that one together and that's better than anything that I came up with. So yeah, it just seemed like, you know, well, that's a convenient moment or whatever. But when you think about yeah. it, if you're talking about connection with people, you're talking about dealing with, you know, your connection to other people and dealing with feelings and your impression on other people when you lose somebody like that yeah when you lose somebody who's close to you and i know you have and i have you feel a little lost you know because that person has been in your life you know and so you feel a little untethered a little lost a little not yourself yeah you know and that would be the perfect time for that sort of thing to finally be able to reach her yeah right and set her on the path where she goes to that resort to find out what was going on. Yeah. But you have to ask yourself, why now? Why did she get this phone call now? Mm-hmm. You know, at this particular moment in time, now that she's an adult and stuff like that, when she's been a medium her whole <laughs> life. And that, and that's my thought. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Especially when you look at the connections between people and how strong they are in the game and how mm-hmm. portrayed as strong they are. Um. I think that's my that's my theory is that you know Mm -hmm. because when her adoptive father died she kind of became a little and it's obvious she does that in the beginning you know she breaks down a little bit you know she well not a little bit I mean she cries she's obviously upset she pulls out a drink you know she has that whole moment with him and she's a man that hit me hard even though I've done this so many times and I've sent other spirits on you know that one was hard you know and she's trying to tell him you know forget the notebook just go you know, it's okay. Don't worry about trying to send him on. So it's obvious that this had an effect on her. And I think that that mm-hmm. may be what the, what the, what the little, you know, crack was that, that, that Thomas was able to yeah. get in and finally reach her. Yeah. That I related to so hard because it's, it was like her not only just giving him permission to go, 
but choosing to let go, like making the choice for him in a way. Right. And that's like the permanent goodbye. I, I hate this, but this is the only option. And like that, that's what got me a little teary eyed because I don't want to cry again now, but, um, you know, I was legally responsible for all my dad's like medical decisions, uh, when he was at, was at the end. And then of course, one day I got that phone call to come in and talk to the doctor and then their social worker. And then, you know, they just kind of sat me down and like, and I, my, my aunt was there too. So my dad's sister, and they were just like, you know, I think it's best like we honor his wishes at this point. You know, he didn't want to like die with like tubes in him and everything. Right. Um, You know, that, that was that hard moment. Like, yeah, there is no coming back from this. (laughs) But they legally can't do anything until I say it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that's hard. What, yeah. You know, what do you, you know? Um, and my dad yeah. and I were estranged too, you know? Oh. So that was like that. I, a lot, like there've been some people, thankfully few and far between who I've told that to. Um, and they're just like, well, if you're, if you and your dad were estranged, like, why did you even care? And I was just kind of like, um, yeah, just because, you know, you're estranged from somebody doesn't mean you're not going to have all of these like a bajillion thoughts flash before your eyes. Like, what if I did this? Could I have done this? La 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 la, you know? And it's like, Mm -hmm. now there is no chance for it. Right. You know, so I would even say to the exact same degree, you know, when you lose somebody that you love very much, like it hurts just as much if you're estranged from or from them, you know, especially if it's a parental relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if you think about it, yeah. I mean, as a medium, she probably could have had the option to just not let him move on you know just kind of keep him there so keep his could... spirit there so she could talk to yeah but no you know, yeah. she you know but she didn't yeah you know she kept telling him to go you know it's okay go rest you know etc cetera, etc cetera, and stuff though yeah if you think about it she could have just yeah. not you know just talked to him and whatever and and done that whenever she wanted to but she knew yeah it was not, it was not the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, you know, and not to shame any (laughs) fictional character or like a real person who's had a hard time, like letting go in that manner, but then no, but yeah. But I mean, this, this character, Marianne being the supernatural badass that, that she is, you know, that's just, that was her personal decision and, and why, you know, which I totally get. Yeah. How does it sucks? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot, you know, I mean, you know, people think, well, there wasn't, I mean, there were some, you know, the cast was small, mm-hmm. you know, so there wasn't a lot of, you know, like a huge cast of characters and stuff like that. I mean, there were characters, but not a huge cast. And, and oftentimes, you know, Marianne was alone 
and things like that but there was a lot there yeah emotionally you know like I said it really was it really was a story I think about at least for me about you know connections we have to other people the things we leave behind and the stuff that even if we try to forget it is just gonna follow us you know yeah no matter what you know if you don't if you don't deal with it if you don't if you don't face it that it kind of manifests and it was Mm -hmm. very metaphorical for any strong emotions somebody might have you know um you know but i really appreciated like i said i appreciated the the dynamic that they use with the split screen you know it was very cool i thought it looked very good i thought the creatures were creepy yeah i thought you know i just overall yeah they were very good um and you know and it really felt like you know yeah if anger were manifested grief were manifested you know this is what you know it would be like yeah you know um i mean is there anything what i mean i've been talking a lot i mean no yeah i i think you you started on this path beautifully (laughs) and i all 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 i can do is sit sit here and be like holy fucking shit she's right (laughs) but yeah it it just um now when i look back to a lot of the reviews and like what does this ending mean i'm like looking at all of those now and realizing just how shallow they were like none of them went this like balls to the wall deep into it yeah i don't know that may just be me but no no it's because we're fiction writers too (laughs) yeah you know i think like anybody who reads a lot of fiction writes a lot of fiction (laughs) our mind just i i mean because everything everything comes from somewhere no matter what the art is yeah from somewhere it comes from somewhere I mean, even if you're not aware of where it comes from, it comes from somewhere. Like, like the stuff that I write doesn't just come out of nowhere, you know? And, and it was really, you know, I didn't even realize it when I was 30, 33 mm-hmm. or so, I went to a writing workshop. And one of the things that happened was, you know, during the middle of it, you'd written a bunch of stories and you would get kind of a... Uh, summary of you know your strengths and weaknesses like literally strengths weaknesses and stuff and what and and you know the strong points of your stuff and one of the things that my teacher said Jean Cavello she's amazing um so it was your your stories have an interesting theme of people needing things needing something from someone else oh and I had not realized that yet and that revelation was just like And then I really, you know, and then it just made you think about your whole life and things that, that my story, that, and she was right. Like, I couldn't deny you think about it, that most, all of my stories have something to do with somebody needing something from somebody else, revenge, retaliation, apology, you know, whatever, you know, and they do, you know, and I feel like that's because that's been you know, a major thing in my life. So art comes from somewhere. It doesn't just, it doesn't just, you know, materialize out of no emotional, not, 
you know, or, or even any emotional or need. I mean, even the most, you know, I mean, even if you get something like we did, you know, like Thanksgiving and stuff like that, that art comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Where that place is, it comes from somewhere. It doesn't just, you know, manifest out of nothing. There's some emotion, there's some desire, there's some need that's being discussed in it. Yeah. And you just have to sit and figure it out and it doesn't, you know, or contemplate it if that's what you want to do. If you want to go that far, I mean, there's nothing wrong with just watching something and being like, yeah, you know, I enjoyed it, whatever, you know. So what you're saying is the room is actually about wanting to be wanted and needing to be needed and acceptance. That's right. Tommy was Sue fucking deep. <laughs> even something like that you know it obviously was made for a reason there mm-hmm. was something that that whoever does it feels that there's something they need to say even if you don't like the way they're doing it or whatever they feel the need to say something and that's why i admire yeah. anyone who makes art and i would never there are things i don't like and and you know that's part of the reason why why i i stopped you know stopped bagging on like stephanie meyer because yeah who am i to do you know it if it, it, it felt an it lift it filled the need that she had to write this and obviously a bunch of people responded to that yeah. so who am i to argue about it right you know yeah it, it didn't feel that I had, but that's completely different. So any art, even something like this, I think has a purpose. And that's, and that's where my thoughts went to with this particular thing. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed being immersed in the world. I thought the spirit world looked really, really cool. I thought it looked very Guillermo del Toro. Mm, yes. If you're going to ask me, it looked very Guillermo del Toro. Um, I, I mean, if they were going to do a yeah. live action, that's who I would get to do it. The ma and everything looked like a Guillermo del Toro creature. <laughs> really did. He'd get Doug Jones to play him. Hey, Lionsgate, if you're listening, this is <laughs> our idea, but we're willing to negotiate. <laughs> Send over the contract. Yes. Tell us what's in the box at Gmail. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he still needs to make the mouth of madness though. So, but oh, yeah, God. I mean, I, I just think that with anything like this, I mean, yeah, you were kind of like, and eh, it's, but, but you know, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that hard to go. I mean, when you're talking about stuff, especially when a lot of these things, you know, who hasn't been affected by, I mean, if someone told me, ah, oh, no, you know, nothing in my life made me act a certain way towards another person, you know, in my past in a way I didn't want to, I'd say they were probably a liar. Oh Yeah. You know, and, and that's really what this is, is, you know, like it manifests, you know, yeah. anger, grief, all these big emotions, they're there and they do manifest themselves. You know, they were yeah. using a big monster to do it in this particular game mm-hmm. and monsters to do it, like literal spiritual monsters. But those are things that people deal with. That's what people go to therapy for. That's what people go to counseling for. You know, yeah. that's what people get into arguments about because you're doing something that your trauma has taught you to do and you and you and you do it and then you hurt somebody else and it perpetuates and it's there and it manifests itself in that way. Yeah. Whether it's passive aggressive behavior, whether it's petty behavior, mm-hmm. whether it's anger whether it's cutting words and saying nasty things whether it's crying whether it's you know 
looking to hurt somebody else that they do, you know, whether, you know, whatever it happens to be that your trauma response is, it does manifest itself. Yeah. And it, it just does. And I think that's what this is about. Like literally it manifests itself. But I think when you look at it figuratively, that's what you're talking about too. Absolutely. It's, it's about these big emotions and these big things manifest themselves. And that until you deal with them, if you don't deal with them, you can end up in a situation like Marion and Lillian, where the only the only due course is to, if they don't get dealt with, which they didn't, she was kind of locked in a room mm-hmm. because she couldn't handle her abilities. Lillian was, yeah, and it was kind of like what the you know, and okay. you make a ma, yeah, and and if you if you don't do that, then you get to that point where where yeah. it's too big almost for some people, you know, and. And, you know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't get yeah. dealt with, you know, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I liked, I, I thought it looked really good. And I thought, you know, the story was really good. I, I was very pretty. I enjoyed looking at it the whole time Yeah, that I was looking at it. So, and, and please tell me what the random porn name joke was in there. Like, the, Marianne, my God. The what? Did you get the? The, the porn name joke. Dude, okay, so you get what the porn name joke. Do we do we have time for this? <laughs> yes, we do. Okay, we do. I'm looking at the time. We have time for this. <laughs> so you get these bolt cutters, and you go down, and she's like, Marianne's like, she, okay, keep in mind she's in the middle of this creepy freaking hotel, you know, doing all this spirit crap where all these people have died. And she gets these bolt cutters and she's like, bolt cutters. You know, it sounds like a spy name. You know, bolt cutter, bolt cutter. And then she's like, or a movie name, you know, a movie you wouldn't want your real name associated with, which I can only assume would be a porno. <laughs> no, my brain is like... <laughs> What kind of a porno would be titled Bolt Cutter? Yeah, it would be like the actor in the porno. Oh, but why would they call him the Bolt Cutter? I don't know. See, this is where my brain goes and I'm like, it's probably, it it exists somewhere. I just haven't seen it yet. I don't know. It was just (laughs) a random joke in the middle of this creepy hotel. And I was just like, really, Marianne? Like, your mind is not preoccupied. You're just preoccupied with how weird bolt cutter sounds. Like, it sounds like a spy name or a porno name. Really? Um, Bolt cutter. Butt cutter. Butt cutter? Butt cutter. Yeah, that would be one. Bolt cutter. I don't know. Bolt. Maybe his, you know, how nasty do you want to get? Jumper. I... We none of on. these make sense i don't know it was just randomly in there and all i could think was you know really marianne you know this is not really the situation for this sort of thought process but you know hey i guess everybody deals with things okay. a different way i'm i need to google something now oh okay. i'm not okay. telling you what i'm googling but if i okay. google it and i find it i am going just, to tell just, you just clear your browser after. <laughs> private mode <laughs> incognito incognito mode mm. indeed you'll have to let me know if you if you find it 
whatever it is you're looking for. <laughs> oh, we're waiting in anticipation. Anticipation. Joanne, can find what she Anticipation. But no, maybe. there is no nothing. There's. There's just There's no a lot of links about literally cutting the bolt to steal a bicycle. Their locking oh, device. Geez. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's it. Uh, all right. Well, that was anticlimactic. Yep. <laughs> oh, and it's also a Fiona Apple album released in 2020. Her fifth oh, studio Fiona album, Apple Fetch the Bolt Cutters. What was that? Okay. I said Fiona Apple, Fiona Apple released an album. Yeah, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. That's what it's oh. titled. Oh, so there we go. Maybe Marianne was making some weird Fiona Apple joke back in 1999. I don't know. I just thought it was a non-sequitur <laughs> in the middle of the game. And that seems like a good point to get me to not talk about that anymore. Oh. <laughs> so if you have more interest and want to hear more about bolt cutters, sorry, we're not doing that next week. But what we are doing is we're going to be talking about a collection of short comics called Midnight Radio by Ud Levesky and Yell Nathan. I apologize if I did not say those correctly. I'm very bad at pronunciation, but that is much better than talking about bolt cutters, I think. So it's probably what we should call this. <laughs> That's probably what we should title this episode is fucking bolt cutters. But all right. So that's what we will be doing next week. Uh, give us a follow. Um, we're on Twitter at the box underscore podcast. We're on slasher at tell us what's in the box. And you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and Podbean. <laughs> <laughs>